SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. We're going to talk rugby now, and Mike Greenaway joins us on the line. Um, reports for IOL, that's where we see his stuff uh, most of the time. Also read it in the paper, of course. Mike, good evening from us on SAFM. Thanks again for taking our call. Yeah, good to be back, guys. Thanks. One win each for the four SA sides in this away leg of the URC. 11 defeats. Are you surprised by this? Um, a little, but I think those results, um, it's, it's not as bad as it looks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we, we won four out of 16, and I think the Storm has got a draw as well. Mm-hmm. But I think the mitigating circumstances are, are significant. I mean, those guys finished the Curry Cup, and sort of a week later, they were they were in the Northern Hemisphere for a competition they'd never played in before. So they had virtually no preparation. And um, remember, too, that 46 of our best players were um, with the Springboks in the rugby championship. So mm. like a team like the Sharks were missing 12 Springboks. <clears throat> so they had um, a very young and um, inexperienced uh, team that went across there. Now, those guys have never played on things like 4G surfaces, um, a synthetic surface. They've only ever played on grass. So that's significant um, because you've got to adjust to that. Uh, A lot of those young guys have never played in those those cold, freezing, raining conditions of of Scotland and Wales and Ireland. So that requires a bit of adjustment. And then um, the type of rugby that those teams play as well is very different to what... um, the SA teams are used to. So there was a lot of adjusting that that uh, needed to be done. So I think the judgment really on the SA teams shouldn't be so much on, on the actual results, mm-hmm. but on whether they learned anything from week one to week four. Um, and I think they did. I think all of our teams um, improved a lot. They all got, um, apart from the Lions, sorry, they, they won their first game against yeah. quite weak Italian opposition. The other three teams got got big hidings on that that first weekend, and then if you you go through to the this last weekend the the, the fourth round, um, okay our teams didn't win, but they were very narrow losses. Now, I think all of them improved over the course of the month, so so that's a good thing. So, if there's one other thing I might yes. bring up about uh, this mitigation of of judgment of the SA teams. And that is um, this, this controversy of the referees. Mm, that's what I was going to um, yes. Which has been a big, big problem. And I actually think it says a lot about the, the, actually the game of rugby and, and what's wrong with rugby compared to a game like soccer, for instance. Um, I mean, with rugby, there's one rule book. Just as with soccer, there's just one rule book. Now, with rugby... You go to a different country, you've got to adjust to refereeing interpretations. You go to another country, they've got different uh, refereeing interpretations again. And that's just crazy. I mean, the rules are the rules. They shouldn't be open to interpretation. Um, Now, a soccer game, you can go to any country in the world and you never hear, oh, well, they couldn't adjust to the ref. So I think uh, there is a problem with the game of rugby. It's a little bit ill in, in, in that respect. And and um, world rugby really has to sort that out. It, it's, it's just silly that you go to another hemisphere and it's almost like a different game when it's all coming from the same rule book. And, and our guys really struggled with um, with refereeing interpretations, um, particularly um, at the breakdown, the, the tackle ball area. 
Um, it's, they just kept on getting penalties against them. And even though they were aware this was a potential problem, they just just found it difficult to understand what the referees wanted. Yeah, so even the Bulls had to rope in Tapa Henning there to come and help them with the interpretation of the laws. So now, when the teams come back here and host their matches here at home, Mike, then will the laws of the game be interpreted differently now? Will the interpretation be different? Well, now the, now the boot's on the other foot. The, the Northern Hemisphere guys have got to adjust <laughs> to, to some of our referees. <laughs> yeah, so, but, uh, and again, that's not right. It shouldn't mm. be like that. I mean, the game is the game. The rules are the rules. Why, why do refs blow it differently? But i tell you where these teams are going to struggle, these Northern Hemisphere guys, is they are coming now into our summer because um, the next game... Um, the next round of games is the weekend of the 27th of November. Mm. So they've got a break now. I think it's about a five, six-week break, the South African teams. The Northern Hemisphere guys continue, by the way. They carry on playing each other this this weekend. Then they come here at the end of November. And, I mean, they're, they're going to be playing at at, at, uh, at Kings Park and what will... Okay, Durban's been having a, a little bit of an extended winter, but Surely by the end of November, the, the temperatures on a Saturday afternoon are going to be into the 30s. Humidity will start making a return. I mean, then you go play at, at Loftus Fasfold on, on a Saturday afternoon and that dry heat and um, and that altitude. altitude. So those, uh, those Scottish and Welsh and Irish guys are, are, are going to struggle, I think. It's, it's, um, so maybe it evens itself out a little bit, but... Um, Let's just say our, our, our guys had a massive learning experience over the last month. And as far as the style of play is, is, is concerned, Mike, is there any similarities or are they two different styles from how we play here in South Africa and how they play in Europe? Uh, look, in, in, in Europe, they um extremely uh, focused on, on set pieces, on, on, on the strumming and the lineups. They don't sort of play ad hoc rugby like um, like we had in, in, in Super Rugby, where where it's fast and it's kind of a bit helter skelter, and and you people play uh, play off turnovers and and there's a lot of counter attacking. They're a lot more strategic um, in in their approach to the game, uh, and I think we battle to adjust to to that as well. Um, so it's I think that's also because of their conditions over there, and the fields are not as as, as fast as ours and, and not as dry. And the Lions, you mentioned they had a great start to the tournament, but they didn't do much after that, even after bolstering their coaching staff. What do they take from this away leg? And is Cash Van Rooyen still the right man for the job here? Look, um, I think there will be questions about that because they had a disastrous curry cut. I think they won two games out of 12. But you see, it's hard to it's hard to judge um, Van Rooyen now okay, for the reasons I've just explained pertain to the Lions as they do to all the teams. It was it was a difficult tour for everyone, full stop. And I think the Lions as well had really bad luck um, because they lost their fly half, Jordan Hendricks, uh, oh, yes. um, after the, the, in the second match because they won the first one. Um, and then they lost him. And he's like he's probably their most important player. He's a really talented guy. Um, so he he broke his ankle, and then the the next in line, Eddie Fouché, is also an extremely good fly half. And what are the chances of him um, doing his ankle as well? Like a few days later, it was the the Tuesday after 
that game in which Hendricks had been lost. The first practice of the week, they lose their second fly half. So um, that, that's really difficult. They didn't have another fly half um, in their squad. And because of the, the COVID restrictions at that time, they were, we were still a red flag country. Um, the Lions couldn't fly over a replacement uh, fly half. So they had to make do with, with what they had. And they moved, um, yeah, they moved the fullback. Mm. Yeah. And he actually did all right, mm. but you could tell that he's he's not really a fly off. I mean, he did a he he actually did okay um, under the circumstances. What the Lions will take from it is their their um, their forwards were really good, particularly um, their their scrums. Um, they've got a, a massive front row. They've got some very big units there, and. And they scrummed um, extremely well. They they put a lot of teams under pressure. So be pleased about that. Um, so I don't think it's all doom and gloom at the Lions. Like I said, if they hadn't lost their fly halves, maybe the attack would have been better because they, they didn't really have an attack in, um, once they lost those fly halves with Iavia at at ten. So maybe we should we should um, sort of just wait a little bit until we until the call for, for Cash Van Ryan's head. This is not football. <laughs> okay. And then, <laughs> and then how will the Bulls look at their tour, Mike, considering that they dominated the local scene but yeah. but could only win one or four they, in their way? Like. Yeah, I think of, of the four SA teams, they are the ones who will be most disappointed because they did go there with a big reputation. And I think the, um, the scale of some of their defeats really surprised people. Um, I mean, they didn't just lose by five or six points in a couple of occasions they lost by like 20 to 30 and mm. um, so those were big hidings and and I think they were also the the, the team um, that most battled to to adjust to the referees or maybe they're the team that complained the most about adjusting to the referee because <laughs> they certainly did um, so yeah I think I think they are the they are possibly the biggest losers of the four teams because the expectation was there mm. and they have got a really good side um, I think they'll 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 enjoy being back on, on um, playing at altitude on their fast drive pitches, but uh, and and also they, they they had quite a setback in losing Johan Kursen. Oh yes, yes. Um, and that was quite a freakish injury, and, and it was it was quite interesting to hear Jake White say that he thought it was that uh, that artificial surface mm. that was the reason. Because Horson was just kind of running, and next thing he collapsed in a heap without, mm. you know, no one had touched him. His knee just gave in, and it, it was almost like he something happened when he put his foot down. It wasn't it wasn't firm, or I'm not sure what it was, but he just suddenly his knee gave in. And Jake seemed to think that that was related to the surface, but okay. who knows? But yeah, losing Johan Horson is not is not ideal, because he is an exceptional fly half. So it's not all doom and gloom then, folks, as you hear from Mike Greenaway. The SA teams will luckily play their games at home and no longer in Italy, which is a decision that they've welcomed. And uh, he expects things to even out when uh, the South African teams host the teams from Europe. Thanks, Mike, for speaking to us again here on SAFM. We really appreciate your insight. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Gringo. Mike Greenaway there. Do follow him and uh, follow his work on IOL or you can read the Star newspaper if you are in Johannesburg. That's where his work lives also alongside Ashfaq Mohammed and the rest of the guys there that cover the rugby religiously. Morgan Bolton and the rest of them. They're great.